Welcome to The One Guys Show, where we're going to be bringing you nutritional and mindset insights to help you gain nutritional freedom, lose weight faster, build a winner's mindset, all without the stress, guesswork, and sacrifice that you're used to. Now, this podcast specializes in helping women break free from the dieting shackles that society has placed them in and provides them with a clear path to success. So let's dive in. Okay, we are back with another podcast episode and it is a solo one again. So I do believe Ryan did the last solo episode and before that it was obviously me. We're finding it hard to match our diaries, but, you know, we wanted to at least give you some uh, weekly information from us. We wanted to give you some like golden nuggets you can take away weekly and we'd rather do it separately and still make sure that you get a show in rather than not do it at all. So this one guy show is pretty much turning into the one guy show. Um, (laughs) We are hoping that we can change that soon. We are hoping that we can get back to our normal schedule. Uh, We spoke about it earlier today and we have put a date in the diary. We put a time where it's a non-negotiable, just like we get all of you to do with your steps and uh, pre-planning and stuff like that. You've got to treat it like a meeting, treat it like a client, make sure that... It's uh, it's in the diary weekly. There's nothing else that can be booked in there. And then there's no excuses, right? So enough with that. We are back with another episode. And I know Ryan spoke to you about NEAT last week and the importance of NEAT. And especially just recapping with that, it's, it's, I was talking to a client about this earlier today. And it's definitely... Uh, one of the most underutilized things when it comes to achieving uh, weight loss goals. So most people put their focus, I'm sure Ryan went over this in his episode, but most people put their focus in the in uh, exercise as a means to burn body fat. But what we fail to forget is that actually the energy expenditure that we do through exercise per day only equates to about 5% of the total calories burnt per day. That's 5%. It's such a small, minute number, but that's what everyone gets so caught up in. And I can definitely say that I've been there before in the past where I feel like I've had a super sweaty 45-minute hours gym session. I feel all uh, righteous. I feel like... um, I've absolutely crushed it and I've burnt loads of calories that day. So I feel like I deserve to not have to work as hard or do my steps the rest of the day. However, like I said, that only equates to 5% of the total calories burnt per day. Whereas in actual fact, your NEAT, which stands for again, as you know, through last week's episode, non-exercise activity thermogenesis, equates to about 15 to 20% of the total calories burnt per day. And that's all included inside of like your steps and stuff like that. So the question is, where would you rather put your focus when it comes to losing weight? in the 5% or the 15 to 20%? Well, if you're smart, you'd obviously be saying the 15 to 20%. And that's where it becomes really, really important to focus on those steps. It's an amazing way to burn calories without having that high intensity that comes with exercise. Now, this is not me sitting here saying that exercise is pointless. There's a multitude of health benefits to exercise, but from a weight loss standpoint, it makes sense. Anyway, this week's episode is not a about neat again. I just thought I'd recap that. And especially as I was talking to a client about it, that I thought I'd just pull that into the beginning of the episode. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, make sure you go check that out. Finish listening to what I have to say here first. Um, and then you can go back and listen to Ryan's. But today I really want to talk about the importance of diet psychology and the words that you're really telling yourself and how that has a profound impact on your results moving forward. So let me just give you a um, let me just give you an example of this. So 
often I hear people, so I was literally sitting in a coffee shop yesterday. So I was sitting in a coffee shop and there was these two ladies sitting next to me and I wasn't um, listening in on their conversation, but I obviously happened to be close enough where I could hear the conversation. I didn't have my headphones in or anything. And one of the ladies got up and she said, oh, I'm just going to get some, uh, I'm going to get another coffee. Would you like one? And the other one was like, yes, please. And she was like, I'm also probably going to get a cake. Like, do you want a cake as well? And the other woman said, do you know what? No, I'm okay. Thank you. I'm trying to be good at the moment. And this kind of sparked something in my head and thinking that here in itself lies the problem with a lot of people when it comes to dieting. So it that after she says, I'm trying to be good, she goes into the conversation about how she's trying to lose the weight at the moment and she's trying to be good. So she's trying to stay away from these foods. However, I didn't obviously... Um, I didn't jump in down her throat or anything and started talking about this because, you know, I was at a coffee shop, I was doing my work, like no one wants to be that person. However, here in lies the problem. When you're tr when you're telling yourself your psychology, that you're trying to be good on your nutrition, you're instantly categorizing the type of foods that you eat and you being on plan and off plan. And we've all been there, right, where we've said, I'm trying to be good at the moment. And what you're essentially saying is you are labeling foods as good and bad. And you're essentially labeling yourself as on plan and off plan. And here's the thing, when you start to label foods as good or bad. So this lady, for example, she was saying, I'm trying to be good. She was labeling cake or pastry, whatever this woman was going to get as something being bad. But now when she's being good, and she's eating all the foods that she deems to be good, which I'm guessing is probably like salads, is is like uh, lean meats, fresh fruit and vegetables, like all of these things, which obviously provide us with loads of nutrients. But now when she's only eating those things, she's categorizing herself as being good and she's very much on plan. However, if she was to give in and have one of these pastries and whatnot, and she ate something that she deems to be quote unquote bad. Well, her psychology is now telling her, well, you've now eaten something bad. You are now off plan. And she's far, far, far more likely to eat everything and anything in abundance because her psychology has now told her that she's been bad. So there's no point eating what she's deemed to be good. So what most people do is they're constantly falling in these two camps. They, these worlds don't coincide each other with their um, their thought process currently. It's either, nope, I'm being really, really good and I'm eating all of the foods that I deem to be good or nope, I'm being really, really bad and I'm not eat, uh, and I'm not focusing on my health at all. However, these worlds can coincide with each other. These worlds can live together. And this is what we really, really stress to all of our clients. Like there should be a world where you can absolutely still enjoy all of your favorite foods that you quote unquote to be uh, bad and you know, you're trying to be good and not eat them and still have a very, very nutritious diet. So for this example of this lady at the um, coffee shop, now let's say for example, her, uh, let's just say her weekly deficit or let's say her weekly calorie average deficit was like 2000 calories so let's say she's looking to get 2000 calories on average across the week now she could maybe not have breakfast she could maybe have a lighter lunch she could have maybe eaten at home and had like a really really light breakfast and lunch and then gone out for a coffee and had the cake and it still could have very much fit, in, fit inside of her calories so she then didn't need to have this thought process of oh I can't have that because I'm not being good because I'm trying to lose weight at the moment whereas in actual fact what she could have said is oh do you know what I 
I did have um, some cake in the afternoon, which means for dinner, I'm gonna just actually have a lighter dinner. And maybe tomorrow, I'm gonna have a lighter breakfast and lunch just to make up for those extra calories that I had at the coffee shop yesterday. That is an example of a healthier relationship with food because there's no restrictions through that. She's not labeling foods as good or bad then. She's allowing herself to have these foods, but there's also gotta be some uh, restraint. Whereas at the moment, I guarantee you, her psychology was, if she actually ended up saying, yeah, do you know what? I, I am trying to be good at the moment, but screw it, let's have a cake. I guarantee for the rest of her day, her psychology would have told her, well, you've eaten that cake now. It doesn't matter what you eat. That might as well get a takeaway. Tomorrow, you might as well have whatever you want. But on Monday, you know, you start up and you're gonna be good again. However, even in the action that she took there, so her saying she's trying to be good. Yes, she's actively stayed away from this uh, calorie dense option. But I guarantee that some point, not necessarily in the next couple of days, not not couple of weeks, but at some point soon, she is going to come across an environment where she is going to eat that food, what she deems as bad. And then that's when the, uh, the cycle spot starts again, right? Whereas now she's eating that bad food, she's like, right, okay, I'll stay, start again next week. And she's constantly on this yo-yo dieting loop. Now, what I really, really want to stress to people is your words and what you say does have, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, does have a profound impact on uh, your ability to be able to continue with the thing that you're doing and also the um, the results that you're getting. Because we shouldn't be looking at foods as good or bad. You've only ever simply got more nutrient-dense foods and less nutrient-dense foods. And there's going to be times in your life that warrant having more, less nutrient-dense foods than higher nutrient-dense foods. So as an example, let's say you've got a wedding. Let's say you have a all, you're going to an all-inclusive holiday. Let's say you're going to, um, you're going to like a, a friend's birthday party or something like that. These type of events, Christmas, right? These type of events, Easter. So I'm now thinking of all of the, um, all of the events under the sun now. But these type of events typically warrant us to have higher calories and higher, lower dense, um, nutrient dense calories than higher dense nutri um, nutrient calories. So what we want to do is it's okay to have those days. But even for myself, I 100%, I'd probably argue out of the month, three out of the four Saturdays a month, I will typically have a less nutrient dense day. But that's okay, because I know for the rest of the six days, my days are very, very nutrient dense. But I know also, again, I don't have that psychology, right? Whereas I'm like good or bad on plan, off plan. But I simply know that in the week, I'm striving to have the most amount of nutrients possible. I still allow myself to have less nutrient dense um, foods. But again, it's in moderation. So we typically look at like a 30-70 principle. So going back to this lady's example, what I'd really, really like her to do moving forward is actually change the narrative of what she's saying and start looking at her day from a 70-30 principle. 70% of her total calories for the whole entire day want to be from nutrient-dense sources. They want to be from like whole grains, fresh fruit and vegetables, lean meats, like all of these type of things that are going to make us feel good, make us feel satiated. So when we then have that 70%, again, we are getting plenty of nutrients in the body. It's providing us with the energy we need and we feel good having them. 
And then that 30%, we should still absolutely be having from whatever we like. We call it like foods good for the soul. Because again, this promotes that healthy relationship with food. So for this lady, this could have been, I don't know, maybe like a Danish pastry from this coffee shop. That could have easily fit into her 30% and she wouldn't have ever feel like she had to restrict herself. And this is the other thing, right? When you start to restrict yourself from a psychology standpoint, you're almost, it's hard, it's tough because you're always going against something that you actually want to do. It's like when someone puts, a, there's a big red button in front of you says, do not press this. Your psychology, like the first thing you do is you want to press that button. However, you know, it's it's almost like the fear of the unknown. And it's the same with food. When we tell ourselves we can't eat these things, we typically really, really, really want to eat these things. And this is where our cravings start to increase and our desire for those set foods really, really um, come, up, come about uh, abundant. Now, here's a little story that I had with a client um, to really showcase this point of uh, a successful moment of when she started to change her dieting psychology. So going back a, this is probably about two or three years ago, I had a client and she was a nanny for this family. And she came came into the uh, our weight loss coaching program. And by the way, if anyone is really, really interested in hearing more about how we can specifically uh, build your nutrition plan for you and keep you extremely accountable to guarantee results, shoot us a message on Instagram, just saying podcast. Um, probably shoot me a message on Instagram saying podcast, just because I've obviously said this word. And if Ryan gets someone in his messenger to say podcast, he'll, be, he'll probably be like, what on earth does this mean? So shoot me a message saying podcast. However, so this lady came to me and she was like, I, she was like, the trouble is Hayden, like I have no problem exercising. I have no problem um, doing the tasks that you set out. However, I've got an addiction to sweets. And she was like, this is the thing that keeps holding me back. She was like, I literally, I cannot not um, eat these sweets. So she was like, good luck, Hayden. Um, you know, I've done very, I've, I've done many, many, many uh, failed dieting attempts. So, you know, I'm really interested to see how you can potentially help me. So we started to go through so what we always do inside of the academy, pretty much we give them guidelines, but the first like seven to 14 days is very much like the testing uh, platform. It's like the testing ground to see what their current situation is like and how we can slowly implement new habits and behaviors to get them to the place where they want to get to. So I kind of let her go about her, her, her week and inevitably what happened, she took the kids to the cinema because she was a nanny and then there were sweets there in the environment. She literally couldn't stop herself from having them. So she ate them and she ate them in abundance. I got a message, Hayden, I'm only uh, something like I'm less than 10 days into the program and I've already ruined it. And I was like, okay, so what do you deem as ruining things? She was like, well, I ate the sweets and um, I, I failed myself. So I, I, I stopped tracking. I was like, okay, cool. So instantly I knew there, her psychology had been labeling foods as good and bad. Like she already knew these sweets, what she's deeming as bad. And um, if she didn't eat the sweets, she was deeming herself as being good. So in our check-in, I said to her, right, well, what I want you to do now is what are the sweets that like really, what's your kryptonite? What are the sweets? What are your go-to? And it was like these strawberry laces. And I said, okay, so I knew they're in Tesco's. So for everyone outside of the UK, Tesco's is like a superstore. So it's like a food shop. And I knew they do these smaller packs at about 190 calories, something for these strawberry laces. So I said, all right, what I want you to do is go buy a pack of those strawberry laces. And I want you to include a, a, a pack of those strawberry lace every day if you want to. It's completely up to you. And she looked at me and she was like, okay, but I think you've completely misunderstood what I was telling you, Hayden. Like I said to you at the beginning, like 
I shouldn't, I can't stop myself from eating these sweets. So why are you telling me to eat these sweets? And I was like, trust me, I just want you to eat these sweets. What we're going to do is you have a pack every single day and um, we're going to just include them into our calories. And she was like, okay, that's fine. But she was like, Hayden, I told you like once I have these sweets, like it's, it's kind of game over for me. So what happened for the first couple of days, she definitely overconsumed on her calories. So one of the habits that I put in place, I was like, it doesn't matter how much you go over your calories at this moment in time, just keep track of everything. Even if you have these laces and you know you go over your calories by 2000, that's absolutely fine. Just keep track of that. So she did that, which was awesome. And she started continuing to track. Now, as time went on over the next like 10 to 14 days, her desire to have these strawberry laces just massively decreased. And she actually had one day where she didn't even think about it. Like she just completely unintentionally um, didn't eat uh, the strawberry laces. So she then messaged me the next day and she goes, oh my God, Hayden, you'll never guess what. I didn't eat the strawberry laces yesterday. I didn't even think about it. And I was like, okay, awesome. So fast forward like a couple more days, she took the kids to the cinema again. It was kind of like a, a monthly thing that they used to do. And she went to the cinema and she had zero desire to eat sweets there. Now, long story cut short, basically what had happened is because I had told her now that she could still eat these sweets and still achieve amazing results, what happened is because she'd like basically been depriving herself of these sweets for so long, what would always happen is when she was depriving herself, she was craving them so bad that inevitably she kept giving in because she was labeling these foods as good and bad and she was telling herself that she couldn't have them. But obviously when they came into her environment, when she went food shopping or she went to the cinema, she'd eat it in abundance because she couldn't stop herself. But all of a sudden now she's given herself unconditional permission to have these foods she actually doesn't really want them anymore. So it's just an example to show you when I was telling you about that like kind of red button, when we see something and we're like, don't press this, the one thing that we wanna do is do it, it's the same with food psychology as well. So now I know to this day, because I still speak to her, she has zero desire to have to continue to reach for these strawberry laces. She eats them still, she loves them, but she very much makes it fit, in, fit into her life because she knows that she can. And the result from her doing that is she is no longer over consuming on calories, right? Because what she was doing was mass restriction, but then she was massively over consuming on calories, which put her into the surplus every single time, which is why she kept gaining body fat. But now her psychology has changed and she actually has these strawberry laces, but she doesn't have them in abundance. She's not over consuming on calories anymore, which makes it so much easier for her to stick to her deficit and achieve the results that she's got. And she is to this day, 55 pounds down uh, since uh, working working with us. She's actually not working with us anymore, full transparency. Um, she's completely solo, which is exactly what we teach our clients to do inside of the academy. We don't expect you for us to be with us forever. We want to give you the tools and resources where you literally become your own nutritionist. So you can continue this journey, not just for the next three, six, nine months, but literally for the rest of your life. So, the takeaway from today's podcast is really to make sure that you evaluate what your narrative is around food right now. Do you currently categorize food as good and bad? Do you currently categorize yourself as being on plan and off plan? And if you do, I can almost guarantee that in itself, that narrative, that psychology is one of the things that is holding you back and has been holding you back for so long from your long-term fat loss results. Yes, of course you can have that psychology and get short-term results. Of course you can, but you will always, always rebound if you have that, if you have that psychology in the long term. So action steps for you to take away from this podcast is 
What is the one thing that you can do with your current narrative to change it to make your dieting experience so much better? What's the one thing that you can change to make your life easier when it comes to dieting? Like I said, are you currently using the good and bad food? Could you now switch that around and say, nope, do you know what? Food is either more nutrient-dense foods and it's less nutrient-dense. I want to be striving to have the majority of my food from more nutrient-dense foods, but I can absolutely still have some of these less nutrient-dense foods. So the other thing as well is once you understand what your daily calories need to be, what your weekly calorie average needs to be, I want you now to actually think about the 70-30 principle. What does 70% of your calories look like from a nutrient-dense source for your calories in particular. Then what does 30% look like for you? So as an example, really easy example, let's use 2,000 calories again. Well, we know as 30% of the 2,000 calories, that means 600 calories a day, you could literally have from whatever you want. And then when you start to look at it like that, 600 calories is an awful lot of calories to be, how, to be able to have from pretty much whatever you want. I mean, it's literally half a tub of Ben & Jerry's, or it's, um, pretty much two tubs, two full ice cream tubs of Halo ice cream, which is um, delightful as well, especially the gooey chocolate brownie. If you haven't had it, definitely try it out. Anyway, I wanted to try and keep this podcast under 20 minutes, so I'm gonna wrap this up now. Uh, like I said, if you want fast, um, incredible results and you want a coach to take away all the guessing game for you, message me on Instagram with the word podcast. I'll reach out to you and we will see if we'd be good fit to work together. Other than that, I hope you're enjoying the episodes and I'll speak to you very, very soon. Take care. Bye-bye.